0: to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody and welcome to the broadcast. Jim Paris here with you. We are live on Sunday nights. I was messing around a little bit there with our, our video. Uh, what happens is when you set up your video stream Uh, In the broadcast software, you have to sort of pick a frame and I redesigned my whole studio. So if you take a look behind me, there's a bunch of new stuff. I've got a Las Vegas sign. I've got a flying saucer, a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, And now, of course, we have all the ventriloquist dolls back there, which I am i uh, referring to as my studio audience and you see my studio audience sign back there too. So a lot of cool stuff. I hope it doesn't distract you, but just makes the show a lot more fun. I always love watching those people on video that have those really cool uh, backgrounds, lots of fun stuff to look at and it keeps it interesting. It makes people want to stop when they're scrolling through social media to say, what in the world's going on with this guy with all this stuff behind him. So in any case, Uh, Just a little bit of a tweak there at the beginning. Jim Paris here with you. The website is christianmoney.com. I have had a fantastic weekend. I hope you have as well. If you're up in the north, maybe not so much. (laughs) Uh, It has been absolutely perfect weather here for us in Florida. Yesterday, it was like around 65, 70 degrees. I mean, that's just the perfect weather. Sunny out. I walked around uh, for maybe three, four hours in St. Augustine. Uh, yesterday And then on Friday night, I had an opportunity to go out to dinner with some new friends of mine. I know them from the radio, but I don't know them really one on one until just recently got to have a dinner with them. Joe and Cindy Farini. And if you're watching, hello, it was a great meeting you and having dinner with you Friday night in St. Augustine. And they're going to be my guest uh, coming up next week. And they're experts on marriage and they have taught marriage seminars and they've written books about marriage and they've got quite a testimony. So if you're somebody that uh, is looking to improve your marriage, which who is not, uh, don't miss next week's broadcast as we talk about marriage. That's a topic I want to get into more often because I'm hearing so many stories of people breaking up even after long, long term marriages And if you're following me on Facebook, you kind of know my situation, which we won't get into that on the show tonight. So in any case, uh, tonight our guest is Tony Ortega. It's funny because people that don't listen regularly to the show jump to the strangest conclusion. So I had posted that Tony Ortega is going to be here tonight to talk about Scientology, assuming that everybody knows what that means. So some of the people on my Facebook page may be newer followers, thought that I was a Scientologist and I got a couple of weird messages like, Jim, are you into that? (laughs) Not really realizing it. And I thought maybe I shouldn't assume that. So I kind of reworded it and said, um, you know, Tony Ortega, a blogger that exposes Scientology. So it made it a little bit more clear, but I don't know. I guess maybe since the Leia Remini show is not, uh, producing new episodes anymore. Maybe this idea of exposing Scientology is kind of falling out of the, the zeitgeist and people don't really know what I'm talking about. When I say I'm doing a show on Scientology, we do this like maybe four or five times a year. And I, I'm just fascinated. So fascinated with, Everything about Scientology, everything from the money to all their secrets to the famous celebrities that are involved, some of their strange practices, the fact that they're right here in Florida. And I've uh, been to their their campus area over in Clearwater. It's just kind of an eerie place. Uh, It's just always interesting to talk about. And our friend Tony Ortega is here tonight in 25 minutes to talk about the latest on Scientology. So I talked about the beautiful weather yesterday. And I know people are about to get nailed uh, up in the north. Um, They're saying something like one third of the East Coast, uh, not right on the coast, but a little bit uh, inside the coast. So I'm not sure, you know, where the line is, but they're saying it's a little bit inside the coast. that's going to get hit really bad with a ton of snow. Uh, But we're also going to get here in Florida. They're opening up emergency shelters here in town. No kidding. Because a bitter freeze is coming to our area, to North Florida. And we're expecting temperatures tomorrow night, Monday night, to drop into the 30s. Now, this sounds a little bit, uh, I don't know, record-breaking or unprecedented, but it's really not. We get this kind of thing around this time of year. We do have a few days like this. And people don't really remember it when it's 95 degrees in the summer, that we actually do have a little bit of a winter here. But you can't complain because uh, even though we have these occasional like super cold days during the winter, most of the winter is incredible. You know, you, how how can you not love the 60s and the 70 degree weather when you can just sit outside, where you can just leave your doors and windows open and go out on bike rides and, and take walks with your dogs? I mean, it, it's just an incredible time. I mean, there are two months out of the year. I'll give you that. July and August, which are pretty unbearable here, humidity and heat wise, but pretty much the weather's pretty terrific here in Florida. One of the reasons that people move here. I don't know if you saw this uh, story. Uh, I saw it because I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw a GIF of a video of this. Uh, it's actually, it was a, it was a video taken from a satellite. So a video from space of this underwater earthquake that took place near Tonga. Now, what is Tonga? Tonga is a small island. And if you look at the globe and you're to, you know, go from the United States all the way to Australia, maybe you're about two thirds of the way on that journey. You're going to be where Tonga is now because it was underwater. I mean, earthquakes in general can cause tidal waves, tsunamis, but because this one was entirely underwater, even more so, and so there were these tsunami warnings that went out all the way as far as the coast of California. And apparently in Hawaii, they had quite a bit of flooding from this. Uh, people don't understand what a, what a tsunami is. We always think of that big wave crashing in. And when you get further away from the tsunami, it's not really so much that big wave. It's just that the water rises. The wa- you, you get this like wall of water that comes on shore and it's, it causes massive flooding. not so much knocking down buildings and that sort of thing when you're hundreds of miles away from the epicenter of the earthquake. Um, But you do get these, these major inflows of water. And so uh, Hawaii got a lot of flooding, but even California as far away as California. They had flooding along the central California coast because of this, Earthquake in Tonga, underwater earthquake in Tonga, almost to Australia. And it really does show you how we're all connected, right? I mean, something that could happen that far away affects us here. And I always think about this when I'm on the beach. When is Florida going to get hit with something like this? It's not as common on this side of the globe, but it's not impossible. And when I used to own a sailboat, And I would go to the marina, you'd hear talk about these so-called rogue waves, which every so often, if you're out in the ocean, a big wave will come like 20, 30 foot wave. And there's almost like no warning for it. And it just kind of the earth has these hiccups deep in the water. And these rogue waves are people don't really understand exactly what causes them. Maybe mini earthquakes, who knows? But these giant waves, walls of water can just come and sweep right over your boat and people are swept out to, to the ocean because you're out, you know, sitting on your boat out in the ocean. And all of a sudden, one of these giant waves comes. You don't see it. You're not wearing a life jacket. You get knocked off the boat and then, you know, you're never seen again. So this can happen. And I often wondered, are we really prepared for that? I mean, what would happen if a wall of water tsunami type event hit Florida? Or hit anywhere along the coast. I mean, I know we get this with the hurricanes, but we get a lot of notice for that. You don't really get notice on an earthquake. And you just wonder, you know, what if that hit New York City or it hit Miami Beach or even anywhere here in North Florida? Uh, Very interesting uh, to watch that video to see it from space. Wow. Nature is powerful. Nature is powerful. Well, it's starting to heat up as we're right now uh, at the one year mark for Biden. And I want to talk about that in just a minute. But they're starting to jockey for position, those people that want to be the nominee uh, for president uh, to run for president. So typically that starts about two years beforehand. So you're talking about campaigns launching in about a year, maybe year and a half. And so the two big names you're hearing a lot are DeSantis, our governor here in Florida, Ron DeSantis, and also, of course, Donald Trump. So I posted on my Facebook, uh, DeSantis or Trump, DeSantis or the Donald. And the reason why I'm asking people is because Trump is now starting to throw jabs at DeSantis. They were at one time very close allies, probably still are very close allies But I think they both realize that, you know, it's kind of like musical chairs. There's only one slot uh, for the nominee for president. And it is interesting to think about whether it should be Trump or whether it should be DeSantis, because you could make an argument for DeSantis. Right. That he's done all the right things. uh, Governor of one of the largest states. He's got, you know, great track record economically, how he managed covid, all that stuff. The Trump people absolutely love him. He's everything about Trump, but he's not Trump, right? He's kind of like the perfect Trump, if if you look at it that way, in that he doesn't bring all of the Trump baggage. And that's the argument for DeSantis. The argument is, what if we could take away kind of the crazy, uh, mean, middle-of-the-night tweets, some of the really fringe statements that Donald Trump makes Some of the arguments he gets into with celebrities that kind of make no sense. What if we could take away all that? What would we have? We'd have Ron DeSantis. So there is this argument that is shaping up that, hey, we could have Trump without Trump's baggage. And that is Ron DeSantis. So I'm getting a lot of mixed comments about whether is it DeSantis or is it the, the Donald on my Facebook page. And it is interesting to think about that, because I think a lot of us uh, who are practical and pragmatic are starting to look at it and say, man, there's a lot of people that hate Trump. And 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 I think we can all agree that probably Trump didn't so much. It wasn't so much that Biden won the election and we're not going to get into the whole argument if you really want or not. That's we're, we're done with that here. It's not so much if Biden won, is it? As much as it is, did enough people come out and vote against Trump? So did Biden have the support or was it just votes against Trump that got Biden in the White House? And Trump has that sort of, um, I don't know, mystical light around him where he's got his just true, true believers. But he's also got his army of detractors. He's a very polarizing figure. And so political strategists might say, ah, we've got Ron DeSantis. He's kind of like, like the good version of Trump, everything you love about Trump and not the things that you don't like about Trump. So we'll see. Some people are saying it should be a, a Trump DeSantis ticket. I don't see that. These are both really strong personalities. I don't see it. Um, I I could see the, the following scenario. If Trump doesn't, have the strong polling early on, I could see him stepping out and saying, look, I have I or maybe not even running and saying, look, I, I think a younger person should take this. I'm backing Ron DeSantis. I don't see Trump wanting to be Veep. I don't see DeSantis wanting to be Veep, but I'm thinking more and more that a lot of Republicans might like DeSantis over Trump. And I'm curious if you agree or not, email me, uh, join the discussion on my Facebook page. It is interesting to think about, for example, all these evangelicals that came out and said they weren't voting for Trump and, you know, large churches that said they weren't going to vote for Trump pastors and people like that. I wonder if we bring all those people back on board with Iran DeSantis, or is it basically, that if Ron DeSantis is the nominee that they hate him because he stands for everything Trump stands for. And because he's had such a close alliance with Trump, they can sort of put the Trump branding on him and hate him just as much. I mean, will the same evangelicals, Beth Moore, John Piper, all the usual suspects come out and say, no, we can't be for John DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, because He was too closely aligned with Trump and didn't speak out against Trump when Trump did bad things or said bad things. I don't know. It's too early to figure this out. But it is interesting to start looking at the possibility of DeSantis versus Trump. And then, you know, we are coming up on the one year anniversary of Biden's presidency. Hard to really believe that it doesn't seem like it's been a year. But what do we do at at the one-year point? We kind of look at accomplishments, right? Say, okay, what has he accomplished in his first year? One-fourth of the way through, 25% of his term. And I posted on my Facebook, I said, Biden supporters, here is your opportunity. Go up here and post what you think Biden has accomplished. Give me your list of his top 10 accomplishments, top five, top one, (laughs) whatever you can come up with. I'm not sure there is anything. I mean, even his own agenda of the crazy far left stuff he wants to do, he can't get his own uh, people. He can't get enough votes in the Senate to do his build back better or whatever nonsense he wants to do or the new Green Deal or whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, I can't imagine uh, the media trying to lionize him and give him some sort of a a big pat on the back this week. But I guess, you know, some of them will try to do that, but uh, we will see. So this year um, I'm reading a lot of financial analysts saying that it is a foregone conclusion that this year we're going to have multiple interest rate increases. Now, if you're not a student of economics, it's pretty simple. Uh, When rates are low, like they are right now, it causes there to be more money in circulation, more spending, more borrowing causes more money in circulation. Low interest rates are inflationary. And what has to happen is uh, when when inflation starts getting out of control, they've got to raise rates to bring inflation back under control. I'm going to take a sip of water here. I I have the heat running and I hate running the heat, but it's just too cold. I've got to run the heat. And I need to get my uh, humidifier going because I'm just starting to get too dried out. But back to this whole issue of rising rates. So this may be your last, last window to refinance your house. If you're looking at buying a car and you want to get a good interest rate and you're borrowing money, getting those rates down on credit cards, all those things, that window is going to be closing here very, very shortly. And uh, I saw an article uh, about the continuing problem Of student loan forgiveness uh, it said something like only 32 people out of over 4 million borrowers that were qualified under the income based repayment program to have their loans forgiven only 32 people got their loans forgiven this is where the government determines how much you can afford to pay based on your income and then after I think it's like 20 years they just forgive the remaining balance. Now that's different from the nonprofit student loan forgiveness, but that's got its own set of problems where people aren't getting approved for that, where people who are teachers or they work at a hospital, they, they work for a nonprofit. They're able to get loan forgiveness after 10 years of service. Um, that's not working out either. So I'm looking forward to inviting our friend Alan college back soon to talk about the latest on student loan forgiveness and what's going on. Um, I believe they bumped the payments out again. So it was that uh, student loans were going to have to start making payments again in February. But I believe that was bumped out until May. Uh, you could Google that. I did post that recently. I believe that is is the case, that they moved that out until May. So uh, that's good news for those with student loans uh, that you're uh, kind of in forbearance right now. Uh, All right. Netflix. I love Netflix and I love, you know, watching the series. I'm really big into series. I'm not so much a movie watcher anymore. I like these series where you watch like episodes and I especially love the ones where there's like two or three seasons and then I can just watch a little bit every day, maybe watch an episode every day. It's kind of like reading a book. So I've been really enjoying some episodes Uh, some, some, uh, serial, uh, broadcasts. Uh, so the latest two that I did was I just finished watching the season six, which is the final season of Dexter, which I know that's a little gruesome, but my kids got me started watching that a few years ago. And I watched the first five seasons. Then the new season came out, watched that on HBO. And then we're uh, on Netflix. Uh, I was watching, um, mayor of Kingstown and I watched the two seasons of that. Very, very cool. But here's what's coming out um, this Friday, and then I'll talk about prices in a minute. But on Friday, uh, we're back to Ozark. Ozark season four, Jason Bateman. You, you got to love it. I I love Ozark. Yeah, I know it's gruesome. Uh, I get a lot of backlash from Christians because they it's violence and there's bad language and all that. I get all that. There's almost nothing anymore, though, that's sort of clean and rated G. Not that that's an excuse, but... I do love the the show Ozark and season four of Ozark comes out on Friday. So Netflix, I think when I first started with Netflix, I don't remember. It might have been like eight or nine dollars a month, maybe something like that. And it's slowly going up. So right now, your Netflix account, your basic Netflix account is now going up to fifteen dollars and forty nine cents, which I still think is a good deal. I, I still I don't have a problem with it right now, but, but the problem I have is the price creep on these types of services. And it's just going to continue to just creep up a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then before you know it, you know, you're going to be back, uh, you know, paying these big prices, uh, like you do for cable. I mean, it still makes a lot of sense to get rid of cable and do these other things a la carte. Uh, But you just got to watch the price creeping on this. Okay. So you could probably tell looking at me here, if you're watching the video feed, I lost more weight again, um, so I'm, I think, getting close, I'm like around uh, 194, or something like that, maybe 193, and that's down from a recent high of around 230, and so I wrote an article today, which I posted, and um, it's an article, I think, that a lot of people need to read, because the title of the article is, Why You Are Not Likely to Lose Weight by going to the gym, and I can tell you that I was I I have a membership to Planet Fitness, and I started going again like everybody else does in January. But I didn't go. I'm not going up there to lose weight. I'm I know better now because I've learned in the last three months I've learned so much about how to lose weight, and so in the last three months I've lost around 30 pounds and almost six inches now off my waist. And, um, it's by eating six meals a day and it's kind of a system that I learned. I, I was coached by somebody and then I went and got certified to be a coach myself on how the, how to do this. And what I'm telling people to do is private message me or email me, Jim at Christian money.com. Or if you're a friend on Facebook, private message me and I can talk to you on the phone for 15 minutes, no cost, just to tell you what I'm doing. And to see if it might work for you. But the reason in my article why you can't lose weight at the gym is the math simply doesn't work. So if you go to the gym and you do a workout, you might burn between, let's say, 300 and 500 calories. And after you work out like that, you're going to be as hungry as a bear. So you're going to end up eating more food that day than you would otherwise because you're hungry, because you worked out. That's just normal. Uh, and to just give you an idea of 300 to 500 calories, that's a little breakfast sandwich uh, at Starbucks. That's a, a frosted donut at Dunkin' Donuts. That's an order of French fries at McDonald's. Um, it it it's nothing. Exercise is good for your cardio. Got to do it for that. Lifting weights is is good because it will help to not only uh, you know it protects your body to have good strong muscle and to build uh, in your bone strength uh, also to increase your bone density uh, by lifting weights. So it's good to work out, but not to lose weight Um, by having a little bit more muscle on you. It'll speed up your metabolism. You'll burn uh, calories a little bit faster, but the key to weight loss is not at the gym. You're never going to lose it running on a treadmill. You're never going to lose it going to aerobics classes. It's not going to happen. Just look at the math. Look at how much you can burn uh, at, you know, three, four, five sessions a week going to the gym. Look at how much calories you're going to burn. And then look at, just look at your diet, look at what you're eating and you're going to end up probably gaining weight. This is really the horrible truth is that most people end up gaining weight when they start exercising a lot because they eat more and it just backfires. So in the last uh, 90 days, I've lost about 30 pounds, six inches off my waist. And I did that by decreasing my exercising. And I wrote an article about this. Check it out. It's my latest article at medium.com. Yes, I'm a columnist for medium.com. You can follow me there. Just go to medium.com, type in James L. Paris. And I'll mention one other quick thing to you here. A couple of quick news stories, then we'll be getting to our guest, Tony Ortega. Um, there's a financial side to this weight loss coaching. And so um, if you get in this and you lose money and you get in this program, um, lose money, <laughs> well, listen to me. If you get in this program and you lose weight, then you're going to have an opportunity to make money because once you have that before and after picture, people are going to want to ask you what you're doing. People, you know, are going to see all the weight loss and they're going to say, what are you doing? How did you do that? And then you can say, well, let me show you what I did. And then if they go into the program You get paid for every person that you coach in the program, which is really cool. So it's an opportunity really to get paid to lose weight. So if you're looking for a way to start making money part time, but also a way to lose weight and start looking great going into the new year. Hey, going up to the gym, I'm doing that because now that I have, I got a lot of loose skin that I want to fill with muscle because of all the weight I've lost. Uh, But I'm not going up there to lose the weight. You're going to lose the weight by how you eat, what you eat, the size of your portions and how many times a day that you eat. And I have a system uh, that's working for me six meals a day and it's just incredible. And I'm never hungry and you don't have to exercise to lose weight. So if you want to find out more, get in touch, uh, email or a private message. Walmart appears to be getting ready for a leap into the metaverse. Uh, This is interesting uh, from CNBC. Recent trademark applications indicate that the company is looking to establish its own NFTs, non-fungible tokens, Walmart. And also, Walmart is starting uh, its own cryptocurrency, according to this report from CNBC. Uh, They're also planning to start selling, selling virtual goods, which always confused me. And people are really into this whole, like... Uh, going into these online worlds and having like what they call a second life where you're a character in an online world and you could like buy and sell virtual real estate in this world, this fake world, this virtual world. So Amazon or uh, Walmart is getting into this. They're going to be selling virtual goods. Um, they're even going to be creating virtual worlds, digital currency. uh All kinds of things that they're getting. It says here they're also getting involved with uh, physical fitness and training services, health and nutrition that take place in augmented reality environments. Wow. This is going to be incredible. And so for those of you naysayers that still don't have cryptocurrency, that are laughing at the idea of the NFTs, the non-fungible tokens, there you go. You've got Walmart, uh, getting involved And the, and when you see these stories, you have to realize that these are big companies. They've done the research. Um, they're early adopters. They know they've, they've got futurists working for them, consultants. They know what's coming next. And that's when they start filing for these trademark and patents. And that's how we find out what they're up to. And this is from CNBC. Uh, wow. Walmart NFTs and their own cryptocurrency. All right. We'll take a one minute break. We'll be back with our friend, Tony Ortega to talk about the latest in Scientology. Always a lot of fun to talk to Tony. Stand by. We'll be back in one minute.